Welcome to the Ivy Church podcast. For more podcasts and information about Ivy Church, go to ivychurch.org. And um, you can learn something about the depth of his character and the impact of his life and who he is and who he wants to be and desires to be in your life. So today, I'm talking about Jesus is your friend. So to start with, just sitting there, will you close your eyes for me? Clear your mind. I want you to imagine a photograph. You're in that photograph as you look now. Now, that photograph is going to be posted to Facebook or put on the mantelpiece or put in a photo album. This is a photo of you with Jesus. Imagine that. How would you be standing? What would his face be like? How close would you stand? Just think about it. And remember it. Okay, so you can open your eyes now. Thank you for playing along with me. Um, I've been thinking about friendships in the, as I've been preparing the very best of friendships. What do we value in friendship? I asked a few of my closest friends, and they said words like honesty, having a good laugh, someone who listens, someone who challenges me, someone who champions me, encourages me, always there, no matter what. Unconditional love, no tit for tat. And I think those are great descriptions of friendship, the very best of friendship. Are they descriptions of what your relationship is like with your friends? How about with Jesus? Would you describe your relationship with him as being like this? Would he? It's really easy to have misconceptions about Jesus, even if you've known him for a long time. There are aspects of who he is or who he wants to be with us which don't always seem so natural. Or we can move away from them over time. And having him as one of our friends is one of them. When I asked my friends about it, they sort of said, well, I don't, some of them said, I don't really see him as my friend. I see him as my father or my savior. So let's challenge our thinking about this. Let's have have a look first at the kind of friendships that Jesus pursued in his life. 
Will you turn to your Bibles, please? When we get out your phone. And will you turn to Matthew 9, verse 9. As Jesus went on from there, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me, he told him. And Matthew got up and followed him. While Jesus was having dinner at Matthew's house, many tax collectors and sinners came and ate with him and his disciples. When the Pharisees saw this, they asked his disciples, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? On hearing this, Jesus said, it is not healthy, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I desire mercy, not sacrifice, for I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. When you hear people talking about Jesus, you come across come across quite a lot of misconceptions, that he's distant, that he's untouchable, that he's separate. In fact, this is what the religious people, the Pharisees of the time, expected their God to be, their Messiah. But Jesus completely broke that notion. Jesus completely broke that notion. He was not interested in hobnobbing only with the upright and the respected and keeping aloof from the everyday humdrum of life. Jesus sought out ordinary people like the disciples and downright sinners like Matthew and his friends and like you and me. Jesus wants, this is a surprise, people. Jesus wants a real, fun, and interactive relationship with you, a friendship. It was sinners like me and you that he pursued when he was on the earth. And he socialized. He spent time with people in a normal way, in their everyday life, eating, drinking, chatting. He was not aloof or sneering or pouring scorn on people. Jesus went out of his way to make the point that he wanted to relate to us as friends. So looking through scripture, this is something, this is a pattern that God began right at the beginning before we fell away. In Eden, there's a, um, there's a, a verse in Genesis 3 where God is walking in the garden in the cool of the evening. So this is your God as he fully intended to be, walking in the garden, you can walking in Dun and Massey, chatting, talking about life. That was how he intended it to always be. And then when he couldn't do that, when he sent his son to be on this earth, 
He sent somebody who wanted to be a friend with you. Jesus' first miracle is a party miracle. Okay? It's a party. He turns up to a wedding in Cana. This is a sociable God. Okay? He turns up to a wedding in Cana, and his mother said, they've run out of wine. Bit awkward. Wondered if you could help out, catering-wise. Jesus is not going, I'm sorry, I think you'll find I shall be in this corner over here, not doing anything. He is at a wedding, at a party, and he's involved, okay? He is interactive, and he enjoys being with people. He's a friend to everyone, and in that passage in Matthew, he is interested in being with the tax collectors, the prostitutes, the Samaritans. In Luke 19, he meets a man called Zacchaeus, and Zacchaeus is a small man. He gets up into a tree so he can get a better view of this man. And Jesus, being Jesus, goes, when Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and he said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, he has gone to be the the guest of a sinner. Just like my friends said, Jesus is interested in challenging his friends. He's interested in challenging you and drawing you out. His friend Peter, he said, he called out to walk on water. And how many of us feel like he does that regularly to us? called him out and said, you can walk on water if you look me in the eye because you trust me and I will take you on this adventure with me. And how often he does that to us. But he's also interested in grieving with us. You will have heard last week if you were here about um, the story of Lazarus and how upset he was that his friend had died This is a man who had close relationships, not just with the three close friends that he had, not just with the disciples, but he had friends like Mary and Martha and Lazarus, and he was involved in their lives and he cared about them. He had close friendships, and we can learn a lot about Jesus and how he wants to relate to us by seeing how he relates to his disciples. Just think, Jesus was God, He'd come to earth on the most important mission of human history. He could have so easily been strong, alone, and separate. He could have taught people with great, inspiring sermons before retiring somewhere very nice and very shishi to rest. Okay? But he didn't. He gathered a group of ordinary people around him and lived with them as friends. He went on journeys with them. He had his meals with them. He had the triumphs and the pain with them. They continually tried his patience with their bickering and their lack of faith and letting him down. And yet, day after day, Jesus lived with them. And he was vulnerable. He wanted comfort when he faced the cross. In Matthew 26, in the Garden of Gethsemane, he needed his friends for support. He asked them to be close to him in the darkness 
the darkest time. And it occurs to me that he does that still today. My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. In the last few weeks, I've been woken often in the middle of the night. And I think he was saying something to me. My heart is overwhelmed with the sorrow to the point of death. Keep watch with me. I think he's asking me to pray for a family in this church badly affected with a thing that is frightening. If you get woken in the middle of the night, perhaps don't get frustrated as I do about the fact I need sleep. But ask yourself, is your friend Jesus asking you to sit and have watch with him in the middle of the night? Is that at the moment when your friends need you to draw near on his behalf? Because I think it probably is. The Bible makes it clear that Jesus expects to have a friendship relationship with us. In John chapter 15, it says, My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends. If you do what I command, I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything I have learned from my father, I have made known to you. I did not, um, you did not choose me, but I chose you. I have called you friends. I chose you. How does that compare with the way you picture Jesus? How does it compare with the way that you relate to him day by day? So I was thinking about my friendship with Jesus, and I know from my own experience that his love is unconditional and that he champions me and he challenges me. If I had a photo taken with Jesus, I want it to look like this. This is what I want it to look like. This is Robert and I, my husband and I, laughing our heads off. Our friend Dave, who I call Burger, essentially has told a joke, and that joke persists today, I might tell you. We are crying with laughter. This is not a pose photograph. This is not a selfie. This is a moment of friendship, knowledge. We know each other. We love each other unconditionally. We've go back a long way, we've cried together, we've wept together, we've laughed together. This is the photo I want of my friendship with Jesus. That face, the laughter, the joy, we know each other. But I suspect if I took a photo of what my friendship looks like at the moment, it would look like this. Slightly awkward. So this, if you've got small children, you'll know this is um, the um, wildlife TV celebrity Steve Backshaw. And I was at an event with him, and um, I don't know him. I admire him. 
I'm a little bit embarrassed because he's a celebrity and I'm really sort of sorry to bother him, if you know what I mean. I can't chat about my life with him. I can't tell him any funny jokes. I can't tell him anything embarrassing about me. I can't tell him what I'm worried about. And to be honest, looking at this photo, I think he's a bit worried about meeting me. It's like, oh, strange mother, move me away from mother. Um, so essentially, he's, you know, it's awkward. There's a gap between us. We don't know each other. We're happy to, you know, he's, he's famous. I want my friendship with Jesus to be the very best friendship I have and for it to look like this, essentially, where it's real and it's, we get each other. How about you? What's God saying to you today about the state of your friendship with Jesus? As you look at your prayer life, for example, what does it say about your relationship with Jesus? Think about how you pray, how long you pray, how often what you pray about. Are you walking as a friend of Jesus? Think about how you talk to him. Do you talk about him to others in the same way that you talk about your friends or your family? I think the challenge I found is I want my relationship with Jesus to be the way he intended. And I think there are some really practical things that we can do to ensure that we're relating to him as a friend. Firstly, to look at our thoughts, the way we see him. Secondly, to look at our prayer life. And thirdly, our obedience in the adventure we're prepared to go on to be with him. I've been challenged by what the Bible shows us. Um, Jesus is God and he's perfect and he's eternal. He can do anything, but he's offered to be friends with me. One of the best known paintings is um, this one by Holman Hunt, Light of the World. Look at me, I stand at the door, I knock. If you hear me, Call and open the door. If you hear me call and open the door, I'll come right in and sit down to supper with you. Is that your picture of Jesus? Do you see him as a friend that you could welcome in on a daily basis to enter your life? So thinking about our prayer life, it's just like the very best friendships, the closest friendships. How we speak together really determines the quality of that friendship. You need to invest in that relationship to nurture it. So I've been challenged in the last two weeks about the time I spend talking to him and the quality of my conversation. I want to spend more time with Jesus talking to him whilst I'm having fun. And not just when I'm worried or upset. Am I taking my friendship with our Saviour for granted? 
If I treated my closest friends like the way I treat Jesus, if you treated your closest friends like the way you treat Jesus, would they be your friends at all? You know, ignoring him for long periods of time and then turning up with a long list of moans or, you know, requests. I think I'm really lucky that Jesus is forgiving and that he didn't sort of hide behind the supermarket aisle so she'll go past, it's all right. <laughs> she won't be giving me the long list of things that she needs doing. Enough about you, Jesus, let's talk about me. Now, if you know someone for a long time, you can perhaps get away with that for a season. But it's a bit of a one-way friendship. And we need to invest in our friendship with him. He is my friend, and I need to spend more time with him to share the best of life, to enjoy being on the adventure together. Earlier on, I was stood here going, oh my word, what am I doing? What am I doing doing this? What am I doing? And I think I heard him say, oh, are we on an adventure? How many times are you checking in when you're doing something fun or you're socializing, when you're actually enjoying it, going, let's have some fun, Jesus, because he wants to be involved in every part of that life. Are you chatting through your day with him or just bringing him a long list of requests? Are you taking time to listen to his voice? Because sometimes he wants to tell you something that won't just be important for you. It might be absolutely transformational for someone else. And just as if you meet someone new who's really exciting and really good fun and you go and tell somebody, I met this fabulous person, la, 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 la. They're really interesting, la, 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 la. If you got to know Jesus as a friend, you'd be surprised how much your experience, your friendship with him would effervesce into your daily life. Do we need to develop new habits of prayer? I think so, probably. And in this year of prayer, it's not too late for us. It's not too late. Anthony's written a series of blogs. I would really recommend going on that um, blog on anthonydelaney.com and reading about the steps to improve our prayer lives. It's not too late for us in this year of prayer to start investing in our friendship with Jesus. The best friendships include sharing the highs and the lows. Why not chat with Jesus, pray during times of fun and socializing? Why not thank him for, for all the good opportunities as well as sharing the things that worry or concern you? Because that's the adventure we're on. The best friendships are when you share the adventure you're on. You know, when you talk, you enthuse about, that was good fun, wasn't it? You build relationship in those moments. How often do you share something on Facebook? Because you want to share the fun of it. How often are you checking in with Face Jesus to say, that was fun, wasn't it? Let's do it again. 
Because often he is blessing us. And we go, that's great, thanks so much. Uh, Let me get on and post about it. I need to share with Jesus, who's my best friend, the adventure we're on. If we follow him into a life of love, putting others' needs before our own, sharing good things and good news he's given us, being a friend of Jesus involves living a life of adventure and obedience. How is your friendship with Jesus? Are you walking each day with him? living his life of love. Because the challenge for some of us this morning is that if we're not obeying his commands of love and trusting in his provision and his protection, then we're not living as his friends. One of the principles in Ivy is that as a Christian, it involves knowing God, growing together and going with him out of a world that desperately needs Influence the influence of people sold out for God. Are you that kind of friend of Jesus? Is the challenge for you this morning to step up and share his love and his good news in a way that, in a new way, that you could start serving other people? Is there something you used to do, you used to be able to do, and you need to pick up again? Jesus' friends walk in his footsteps, living his way and not our own. Perhaps you don't know Jesus yet. If you don't know Jesus yet, let me invite you. Jesus is the best friend you can imagine. A constant companion, loving, forgiving, championing, honest, joyful, and fun. God created joy. When did we forget that he was interested in that? God created fun. When did we forget that maybe he would like to enjoy some of that with you today? So the things that stimulate you, make your eyes bright and you have a great... Why not invite him to be part of being and doing that with you? Because you'll find that your friendship with Jesus deepens. Today, he's standing at the door of your life and he's knocking. He's asking to come into your life, to be your friend in every situation in every season, for all eternity. He's made it possible for anyone who chooses to open the door of their life and to know Jesus as their friend. The wonder of Jesus is that he is a friend that not only gets you, he's got you. He not only gets you, just you, he gets you. He's got you. I can tell you from my own experience, Jesus is a friend who'll never leave you. And he'll never stop leading you into the very best life. And you can say yes to him today. Yes to him being your friend and your saviour. 
So as the band come up, just uh, finally, will you close your eyes for me and think about that picture of you and him together? How is your friendship with Jesus right now? You might want to say sorry, actually. You might want to say, I'm sorry I've been a rubbish friend. I'm sorry it's been a bit one way. And he's saying, I love you. Forget about it. I love you. You're my friend. There's nothing you can't say to me that would change that. I love you so much that I died on the cross for you. That's how much I love you. If you don't know Jesus and you would like to know him and put him in the driving seat, I'm going to offer that you might want to raise your head now. Everybody's not looking, it doesn't matter. If you want to accept Jesus into your life the first time, would you just raise your hand and I'll pray for you. Jesus, we love you and say thank you for wanting to be our friend. Thank you that you forgive us, but thank you that you love us and you want us to have an adventure with you. Thank you that you get me as well as the fact that you've got me. Jesus, thank you that we get to go on an adventure with you. Amen. Thanks for listening. For more podcasts, go to ivychurch.org forward slash media.